0: Diverse voices. Unique sound.
1: Not the same old thing, different, different.
0: This is NOCO FM.
1: Please don't go, I need you so I. Hi everyone and welcome to Season 2 of Feminist Hot Dog have missed you listeners i've missed doing the show and it was good to take a break but it is great to be back and for those of you who are new to the show welcome i'm so happy you're here feminist hot dog is what i describe as a cultural survival podcast by for and about women and people of all genders who experience sexism So this is our premiere episode on NoCo FM, and I'm super excited to be part of the NoCo FM family. And a huge thank you also to Stephanie James of The Spark for having me on her show. If you haven't heard The Spark already, definitely check that out. And not only am I excited to be back, but I'm here with my feminist hot dog, a one from day one, yeah, Christina Turner, hey, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank wild. you. No applause, no applause. She was my very first guest back when I had absolutely no fucking idea of what I was doing, and I think you actually were among you and Angbin were the first people I told about this i you know i'm
0: very proud of you obviously it was a little idea you were like i got this idea and i was like hell yeah you need to do this idea Mm -hmm. and then i can understand why you even wanted me to be your first guest but i'll take it
1: well obviously (laughs) you were a lucky charm because um you were the first guest and everybody was like christina is so great i was like i know so she's back and if you haven't also listened to the first episode listeners i encourage you to do so if only to um for that stellar
0: intro (laughs) (laughs) should we like recreate it i don't
1: i think i think that's i think we're good i think we can forego that um and yeah go listen to it not not to feel sorry for us per se but maybe to marvel at how far we've come is that that's it i think i think we've come a long ways uh so yeah so first of all um a question right off the bat for you. I think I'm going to need you to be the first guest of the season for every season from now until forever. Oh, did you just put me on the spot? Are you ready to commit to forever right now on the spot, Christina? Yes or no?
0: <sighs> yes.
1: Oh, she said yes. <laughs> I'm so. This is already starting off very on a very positive note. You can tell me no later if the answer is really no. Ah, uh, no. I'm going to say yes. I believe in you know, truly informed consent. Um, All right. Well, let's just get to it. Christina,
0: what have you been up to? What's new with fan squad, fan squad, fan squad, still going. Um, You know, it's really if you don't even know what fan squad is oh yeah that might be a good place to start let me explain so about um and it's been a long time thing that i've been working on but about two years ago because we'll be coming up on two years in july congratulations thank you um i was like tired of i'm a big huge pop culture nerd fan whatever you want to call it and i really was just tired of hearing dudes talk about what i liked dudes talking (laughs) What? I mean, there's nothing wrong because I do have a favorite, like a few favorite guys that I like to follow and just listen to like critics and listen to their podcasts and what they have to say. But sometimes I just want to hear from like me or another woman or anyone <laughs> that's not a man. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, okay, cool. You know what? I should just create my own platform. So um, I kind of put some names and I did some feelers with some friends and I was like hey what do you think about this and they were like fan squad I was like yeah and they were like explain it and I was like because sometimes when I'm like I want to go to a movie or something or just like want to talk about things I was like I wish I just had a squad to do that with and so I was like okay squad was the name and then I was like what fan because I'm a fan of basically everything you are kind of a super fan I know you can't pigeonhole me in any kind of fandom I'm pretty much a fan all over so equal opportunity (laughs) so I created the fan fan squad um right now it's just a website tf squad.com so uh i just created the website i put up a lot of my own um reviews of tv shows movies so far um any kind of like comic con events and stuff i'll post on my website and then um i pretty much update the social media pages a lot more often than i do the website so that's how i got the fan squad
1: excellent and um you don't want to be pigeonholed as just one thing in any area of your life. I don't want to embarrass you, but you've also been busy winning like a fuck ton of design awards and leadership awards left and right. And so I'm, I'm sorry, but I just, I think I need to embarrass you. What
0: are, what have you, what have you been doing with all this winning? So in my real life outside of squadding up, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually a graphic designer. So, um, and part of that, that's my everyday job, but, um, I am a part of a, uh, organization, professional development organization, um, AAF American Advertising Federation. It's a national organization. And so I'm the president of our local chapter. And so I, this is my second year as president, June 30th. Can't get here fast enough. That's my end of my reign. Oh. But uh, as far as the awards go, you basically they award people you know based off what your club's been doing so i found out saturday i believe that one we won uh, for because they're all in districts. so for my district we won club of the year and i won president of the year but on top of that i also found out the same day that we won club of the year for the national organization and i also am president of the year for For the the united states of america but for our division i should say that so there's like four other clubs that are but for our division which is 100 members or we are Club of the Year. So, congratulations, <laughs> lady. Thank you. That's I a think, huge deal. I mean, two years of my life. Well, actually, more than two years of my life because I was on the board six years. So, I've been president two years. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's been coming but I'm glad that I'm going to end on a high note. Well, so
1: in this role as designer and leader, extraordinary, what are some of the creative projects you've been working on that you're excited about? Um, as far as the club or in just general work,
0: the whole world of creativity. (laughs) So, um, a lot of my energy has been focused on club stuff lately. So, um, I, like the club because a lot of my ideas about how i want to help other people um in the industry you know uplift them try to get them ahead we do a lot of professional development and so i really like doing that and one of the most exciting things we just did was launched a new scholarship for diverse students of high school because they are not a lot of high school kids who even are aware of the advertising industry mm-hmm. that are not white that they are you know any person of color and so we want to get them interested give them a scholarship if they plan on pursuing and so those kinds of things is what i've been focusing a lot of my energy on like how to uplift other people of color and how and from my position in the club and just taking them along with me very
1: cool well um we're going to talk a little bit more about representation later so put a pin in that i will we'll come back and okay back to fandom what are you watching what's on your list what should feminist hot dog listeners be watching
0: listening to getting excited about i did just watch um which i'm probably late but if bill street could talk just finally saw that i heard that was good but i haven't seen it holy i mean i'm just like that should have won more awards than it did during Mm -hmm. award season um It's on Hulu right now. So if anyone wants to watch it, you can go watch it. Um, Let's see. What else have I been watching lately? You know, TV shows are kind of ending right now. Ooh, get on that Star Trek season two. Oh yeah. Star Trek discovery. That's on the CBS app. You need to be watching that. Um, If you didn't see Shazam, go see it. Really? I was very surprised. I was like, I don't want to see this movie. It was like real hokey. And then I went to like the two week early screening of it before it came out and I, I was like, this movie is amazing. What? I need a sequel. I need to watch it. I need to be entertained. Okay, I'm skeptical. If you can't tell by my face, but <laughs> I, I trust you. I, it, it's actually really good. Um, and of course, you know it's a little bit late, but if you haven't, go watch Captain Marvel.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and and what? I mean, you just
0: told me what I'm doing on Thursday. Yeah. Oh oh endgame Mm -hmm. it's only been 11 years of my life building up to this (laughs) moment uh so i can't wait three hours and two minutes probably plus 20 to 25 minutes of trailer before that yeah it's going to be an exciting time okay well we gotta we gotta come back here to the pod loft
1: and record all of your thoughts and feelings immediately after endgame
0: we do we do
1: uh okay so now i'm gonna get serious on you and ask you oh actually before that this is also a serious question but i've been waiting to ask you if you have changed your thoughts or feelings about the buffy reboot
0: (laughs) 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 the fans want to know i no no you're still in the same place until i see it and until i like until i see it i will make a decision but currently
1: eh. okay well we'll check back in season three episode one how about that <laughs> yes it'll just be a standing question all right here's the serious one um I would like you to talk to us a little bit about how you feel your perspective as feminist and your identity as a feminist as you've become more immersed in the world of design and of pop culture commentary
0: Ooh, how has it changed um you know it's easy just to identify as a black woman because obviously first and foremost, but like you said, is the more I get immersed into these worlds, the more intersectional it becomes. Like I, there's a lot of things that I probably wouldn't even considered um, going into all of this of, you know, bringing in like, uh, trying to think of what, how to say it. But I just feel like that I have, I'm still the same person but I feel like I have at least acknowledged that there are different types of Black women and that there are not only Black women, but just different types of women in general who like different things so at least through the fan side the pop culture side that has been kind of eye-opening just kind of exploring that world in design um it is a white dominated industry so it's been nice to see those people who have been high like high leadership positions and kind of follow them and just try to be more like you know following them and see where they're going and but also thinking about okay am I being an example for somebody and do Mm -hmm. I need to be helping lift them up I mean, that's that's where I am on that.
1: We are going to talk about what made our feminist hearts sing lately. And I think we right off the bat, we need you know what we need to talk about because we picked the same thing.
0: Yes. I'm glad that you were like, (laughs) let me show you what I'm thinking. I was like, dang, that's mine too, girl. I knew you were going to pick it. And it's like, (laughs) how could
1: you not? Like, unless you were. I don't know. And literally, no one who isn't living under a rock wouldn't have picked that. So, okay, you, you start. start. Okay. Oh, no, 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 you no, say okay. it. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, last week, if um, in case you, I don't know, just came out of a coma or something, Beyonce released Homecoming, which is a Netflix documentary and like live album with something like 40 songs on yeah. it it is ridiculous it's the, um live performance over 2018 uh baychella performance baychella. and it's just fucking really important
0: i watched it so when i watched it i watched it and then immediately started over <laughs> and then i was like oh crap i gotta go to sleep so <laughs> like that's how good it was i was like i wasn't part of it. It wasn't enough. No, I wanted more. Uh, well,
1: everything she does is important in my opinion um, because she's, well, in this particular case, she's the first black woman to ever headline Coachella. And she also, um, if you haven't been following uh, Beyonce in the last, I don't know, year, I feel like everybody already knows this, but she embedded images and costumes and samples that aren't just referencing Black culture, but that are Black culture. I mean, her use of the HBCU motif and the uniforms and the drum court, even the name Homecoming. The Black National Anthem got sung. Yes, song. looked <laughs> at every voice and sing, And it was just a Black performance and it was spectacular. And in a world where you get a thousand emails a day from brands who are like, we've got something brewing. Can't wait to share it with you. Beyonce's just like, here's a thing. Boom. Yeah, oh, and it. here's a documentary to go with it. Boom, boom. Like she doesn't need to hype herself at all.
0: No, I think that's my favorite part of what she's been doing in the last few years, right? It's just like, take all the bureaucracy out of it and just like, I'm just going to show you who I am and you either like it or you don't.
1: Mm -hmm. And she just, I mean, her creativity and her drive, she 100% just owns her space and it's so inspiring. So, you know, if you're not a Beyonce fan, it's it's inspiring anyway so check it out because it is like i said it's important and it's also just like brilliant and highly entertaining and just like i mean you're gonna cry
0: i mean what was it eight months of uh rehearsal and post having twins oh yeah that part
1: is also where she intense. said she
0: basically like went very intense on just trying to get in shape she was like this was the worst shape she'd ever been in her life and like took eight months to i just that's crazy to me yeah well, she did it. She pulled it off. Yeah. She always does. She more than pulled it off. She nailed it. I just, I, like I said, I started it, finished it, started back over. It, it's just, like you said, the HBCU aspects that she puts into it, um, the handpicking like different kids who went to HBCUs to be a part, like the dancers and the band members. Um I just found it really inspiring and like she was just like I want this right and I want people to feel like I'm at a homecoming at whatever school it is and just I just thought you know that this is a person everyone should probably try to aspire to be
1: amen thanks Beyonce (laughs) (laughs) um all right well you said you had you got some stuff. Let's hear what you gotta say. I kinda have two. Can I say two? I have two more too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. We got I'll a lot a lot of like
0: build up star.
1: Built up feminist <laughs> heart singing
0: to do. Okay. I'll start with Marseille Martin. She is on Blackish, the TV show Blackish. Oh yeah. Um, you know, she has this new movie that just came out, Little
1: is she she's one of the she's the littlest yeah they have the
0: twins and she's one of the yes she's very good so she is one 14 years old youngest executive producer of a movie she like that movie she stars in little She created it Like she wrote it She executed She's an executive producer on it And stars in it Like who does that And like she is just like Writing her own script And doing whatever the hell she wants And I saw Little And it's freaking amazing So everyone needs to go watch Little And I just was amazed That this girl that's 14 years old Also she has her own production company Really? That she runs with her parents And just signed an exclusive universal deal To produce do things that they right like she's like i'm 14 and i'm just she's been doing stuff since she was five years old at this point
1: well you and i were just i was just talking about how i feel um like a late bloomer because i don't think i really even had a single original thought in my head till i was like in my mid-30s and so that um good for a good for her and b uh that makes me feel a little yeah it makes me
0: feel some kind of way like as in like i need to get my shit together basically
1: maybe i'm just a late bloomer and i'll live to be like 150 so i'm (laughs) practically 14 right now you are blooming right now
0: flower oh thanks christina The
1: other thing. Well, one of the other things I wanted to mention was this newsletter that my friend Joanna turned me on to. Hi, Joanna, if you're listening. Hi. Uh, Joanna was on uh, season one, episode two. Uh, Anyway, so she sent it to me and she was like, this could be inspo for the feminist hot dog newsletter, which, by the way, listeners, uh, you should all subscribe to. But Joanna always knows what's up. So I checked it out and it's called Small Victories. Have you, are you hip to this? Okay. So the publishers describe it as a weekly newsletter celebrating people-powered wins against the Trump administration's agenda. Uh, It's produced by an organization called Peace is Loud, which inspires action through film campaigns and speaking events that spotlight women leaders on the front lines of peace building worldwide. So they, um, this is kind of an aside, but they're, cool too. They have amazing films about women shaping their worlds. They have one about they have a whole bunch but the ones that stood out to me were um, one about women on the front lines of the Arab Spring and I had heard of this one The the Hunting Ground which is about rape culture on college campuses mm. um, and a bunch more so you can hold a screening or request a speaker from that etc but that's not even it that's I mean that makes my feminist heart sing too but the newsletter is like so right in line with the feminist hot dog vibe because it's all about good things that are happening in the world and it's like a whole list of them that gets like shot right into your inbox. So um, here's just a few from the one that she sent me. Uh, The Mormon church will now allow LGBTQ parents to baptize their children. The House passed an updated Violence Against Women Act, which now includes laws to protect transgender people, um, hoping that the Senate will follow suit. Uh, in North Carolina, girls sued their school over their no pants policy and they Ooh. won. And also in North Carolina, and this is like, thank fucking God for this one because the abortion law um, shit show that's happening in this country now just making me want to freak out. But a federal judge ruled that a national, excuse me, that a North Carolina law that put limitations on abortions after 20 weeks is unconstitutional. So... Hallelujah. Um, so, yeah, fuck yes to all of that Small Victories newsletter. Um, it's an email you want. It's an email you need to open instead of... I get a, I'm get, on a lot of lists letter, <laughs> a lot of lists that are either like, buy this thing or um, uh, Trump is doing this terrible thing. Send us money. And it's a drag. I mean, I understand it's necessary, but it's, it's um, this makes me super happy it's not fluff it's activism it's intersectionality it's art in the name of peace and equity so it's not just like oh a baby bird fell out of its out of its nest and like someone picked it up it's like these are like real tangible wins so um it does make me feel um inspired to kind of keep on during this shit show of a presidency so yeah check the show notes and um and sign up because it will make your heart sing and it will make your life better that's so cute (laughs) (laughs) i do aspire to make make people's lives just like the tiniest bit better it did i just smiled better better living through podcasting (laughs) or podcast listening
0: okay so here's my second one um i didn't want to say this is an additional if you have not watched it if you watch shrill no. Holy shit, you need to watch Shrill. Okay. Um, I think it, it's either I think it's eight episodes, but um I've binged it all in one day. And basically so it starts Aidie Bryant, who's one of the people on SNL. Mm-hmm. She's always been funny on SNL and I was like, oh, okay, it's AD Bryant, I'll watch this. But she like absolutely fucking kills it in this show. Like the reason why I love this show, I mean, you get so much in eight episodes. Um, it's about body positivity. Her story, I mean, it's not really a spoiler, so I can kind of tell you, but the first episode, basically the basis of this whole show is that she is like like a quiet person, kind of, um, you know, kind of trying to be in the background a lot, letting other people kind of stomp all over and even down to this guy that she's been seeing. And in the first episode, she finds out she she's pregnant Mm. with this guy and she decides to have an abortion. And after she has this abortion, she has this complete different outlook on life that she's just like, you know what? I am a person and maybe I need to stop being like letting people stomp all over me and speak up and do what I need to do. And so, you know, she starts being more assertive in her job with her friends, with the guy that she was seeing. Like she I mean, it's such a body positive show for like one episode for sure that you have to watch. It is the uh, pool party. I'm just all I'm going to say. Pool party episode. Okay. Pool party. That is like probably one of my favorite episodes of the whole show. But I am so like, I'm blown away because I would have never guessed that she would be in a show like this. That's so honest. And just, it just is like, this is everyday people like this could part of that was me I was like oh god like am I watching me for a sec like it was it's just amazing everyone needs to watch Shrill everyone needs to follow A.D. Bryant everyone needs to just get with it because this show is amazing and the show is based on the book by Lindy West right
1: yes okay that's nice Thought that I knew that, but I just wanted to make sure. All right, sweet. I'll check it out. And it, how do you? How can I watch it?
0: Hulu. It's on Hulu. It's a Hulu show. So, um, like I said, it's only I believe it's eight episodes. You can get through them in one. Well, if you have nothing else to do, you can get. <laughs> if you're, Roman if you're one really day. a fan, if like you, fan squad, you, I like to commit. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so I watched it all in one day. And also, it just came out. I believe uh, this last week that uh it's renewed for season 2 for 8 more episodes.
1: Sweet. Well, um this podcast is not actually sponsored by Hulu, but this particular <laughs> episode um kind of sounds like it might be
0: NOCO FM is a 24-7 internet radio station. A little different, isn't it? Always streaming at www.noco.fm. We play all types of music from all over the world. Rock, hip-hop, indie, electronic. Everything has a place at NOCO FM. Well, except for Bluegrass. There are other places that you can hear that. Thank you for listening to NOCO FM. Here's something you might not know. NOCO FM is also a podcast network producing one-of-a-kind programming like the show you're enjoying right now. We have talk shows, original comedy, music shows curated by real people, and a lot more. So if you like what you're hearing, make NOCO FM a part of your day and tell your friends. Remember, that's www.noco.fm.
1: Dear Feminist Hot Dog was the original idea for the show. Back in the day, it was like going to be all an advice show. And then, you know, a bunch of other stuff happened. And it just ended up being like kind of a teeny tiny part of the show. Um, and I'm going to do a little different this season. Uh, we answered some letters last season, mostly from listeners. And some of our answers were great. And some of them, I was like, I have no goddamn business answering this question. <laughs> Um so honesty is the piss policy. I am trying to be very transparent. Uh so this season I'm I'm changing it up a little bit and I'm gonna ask my guests questions that I want to know the answers to. Who <sighs> ward? Uh yeah, get ready, Christina. <laughs> Hope you eat your Wheaties this morning. Um, <laughs> uh, on topics that they have expertise in. So um Christina, you're going to get the feminist hot dog magic wand for this segment. And because you are a truly an expert when it comes to representation in entertainment, marketing, media design, this is something that I think a lot about and I want to get your opinion on. So, I have my own show now. We talk about intersectionality on the show, and I'm always like, shit, am I am I doing it or am I just saying it? And I think that that's a question people in media like should regularly be asking themselves. And um, I don't think they do. Well, no, I don't think they do. And I worry sometimes that I, you know, about myself getting complacent. So I, that's why I was like, well, Christina is a good person to talk to you about this. So my question, and it's a little risky and a little meta, because of course it's like about the show, but here goes. <clears throat> Dear feminist hot dog, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> how do you guard against tokenism when your goal is representation and inclusion? I am committed to diversity, equity and inclusion in my work. Um, and there are people I want to reach out to from identity groups. I've not interviewed yet. And, and I genuinely want to talk to them because of the cool stuff they're doing, but I never want to make anyone feel like, Oh, she just wants a, you know, fill in the blank guest. Um, or, you know, I don't ever want to seem like I'm just checking the box. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to, you know, only interview the same kinds of people over and over again. So uh, um, this is something I know you've thought a lot about, and I would appreciate hearing about any guideposts you follow or lessons you have learned from
0: your own work. Um, so, ooh, tokenism. I mean me personally uh i am the spaces that i'm in basically i am the only black person in the room so i'm okay with that um and i've gotten used to it now is that right i probably not it probably should be more of me in the room but i'm at this rate i'm pretty used to it and so because of the spaces that i'm in and the relations i've created you know i've become like that person that people get real comfortable with and they're like You know, I don't want to say like ask my black friend, but they do, Mm. (laughs) and so, and I am open because I'm just like, you know what? If you got to ask somebody, just come on, let's talk about it real quick. Just say it. So, as far as that goes, I have pretty much embraced that. I'm just not not saying like everyone has embraced it. There's a lot of people who don't enjoy that, but in terms of the spaces where I am in. I've embraced it and I'm just like, all right, if I can help a few people along the way, like, you know, coming more conscious or woke, as we like to call (laughs) it, um, I am very okay with doing that. So as far as that goes, I'm okay. Um, looking for more and without trying to check boxes, people to come on the show. The fact that one that you're even acknowledging that that's a thing that you want to do, I think that's great because there's people who won't even acknowledge the fact that they need to do these things Mm. Um, so one good on you you're acknowledging it I don't need any cookies (laughs) (laughs) two um the other thing about you know making sure you're diverse and hiring diverse and all that kinds of things is that you're being intentional about it. Mm-hmm. So one that's the thing, you're trying to be intentional about it. Now it is going to come off as checking boxes, but at the same time it's like okay, I know that I want to try to find these people and you should. And unfortunately, it will come off as checking a box, but because you're stating right here in this space right now that that's not what you're trying to do, then you're already coming off as transparent to me of just like just stating your you know what's wrong and what and how you want to tackle it. So when you're like booking
1: speakers for your club, for example, mm. how like tell me a little bit about like your thinking and your approach to that process because that's that's kind of that's
0: similar. It's very hard because um, I think we do what about ten speakers a year. So I go okay make a list one through 10 so not only am i trying to be diverse in the people that we're bringing in but diverse in the topic as well right um and if i can hit any other kind of you know things i try to so I try not to have too many women, try not to have too many white women or black women or, you know, Asian or whatever, or too many men, or, you know, I try to consciously think about these things. So when I'm searching for speakers, I just kind of look through people and, you know, I'm like, Oh, that's a great topic. And I'll kind of look and I'm like, mm, but they may not fit into this year of this, the kind of list that I'm trying to put together. And maybe mm-hmm. we just back burn them for later on when we're trying to start back over and just include them, even though they're a great speaker and we need them. So, I am intentional about how when we bring in and honestly, like in the two years or six years that I've been involved, but the two years of being president for sure, that is probably the most uh, people of color speakers we have probably had in probably the history of this organization in Montgomery. So I'm very proud of that. And and obviously it worked because then you like ascended to great heights and won president of the year. I don't know how that happened, but cool. <laughs>
1: i think it's happened because you did a good job
0: thank you yeah i do like cookies
1: (laughs) i mean a cookie every now and again is okay i just didn't want i just didn't want you to think i was pestering you for cookies it's okay are you ready to talk about the hot dog hall of fame (laughs) i would love to okay good well um can i go first i would love for you to go first Okay. I don't know how to pronounce my nominee's name, first of all, which is kind of a bummer and I couldn't find it anywhere online, Um, but I'm just going to go for it. Anyway, my nominee and for those of you who are new to the show, um, every episode we nominate, you know, at least one, sometimes two women to the Hot Dog Hall of Fame which is essentially like a nice list to browse when you're feeling like you need some inspiration or you need to just sort of learn about some cool women that maybe you don't know about who do they aren't all necessarily famous for doing feminist things although I think the majority are but just people who are just out there living being creative being innovative just you know doing stuff that we all should be doing more of. Um, And the world would be a better place if we all kind of like... I think, got inspired by each other more. So that's the goal. My nominee this week is Tichy Wilkerson Kessel, and I chose her for two reasons. Uh, One is she was a pioneering woman in publishing and journalism, which is uh, my background. And two, because of her attempts to bring gender equity to the film industry and because I'm always trying to impress fan squad over here. So I thought I should pick a film-related woman. So, you know, that's that's what's up so she was born in la and she spent her childhood in Mexico City her birth name was Beatrice noble so I don't know how she got to titchy from Beatrice but I mean whatever I don't have to know uh, her mother was a housekeeper in la for a rich guy named William Wilkerson who was like in his 60s and he met Tichy who was in her 20s or depending on which website you look at possibly as young as 19 and she was the daughter of his housekeeper and he was like I love you and then they got married so I'm sure there was more to it than that. And that there was a huge power imbalance. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't really get anything about that from any of the articles I read. So I think you can draw your own conclusions and we'll move on. But that was sort of um, her origin story. But anyway, um, she outlived him. Surprise, surprise. And when he died in 1962, she inherited the Hollywood Reporter, which is... um, He was the founder and publisher of that um, trade newspaper. And she took over as the editor and publisher. And she'd been working there for years. So... But now she's the boss. So... You with me? I'm with you. Okay, so it's 1962. She's running this newspaper, and over the next several decades, she grows it both in circulation and in influence. She's, like, killing it with The Hollywood Reporter. Um, But about 10 years later, The Hollywood Reporter publishes this research that was conducted in secret by the Writers Guild of America uh, that finds only 2% of TV scripts are written by women. So Titchy gathers a small group of women in her office, she's like, "Uh uh-uh, this, like, what the fuck? And so they start brainstorming what to do about it and they decide to start a nonprofit foundation that helps women in the film industry. Essentially, they were like organizing themselves to get each other and other women jobs through mentoring and opening up opportunities. And that nonprofit was and is called Women in Film and it still exists Mm -hmm. today. There are more than 40 women in film. um, I think it's now called Women in Film and Television, if I'm not mistaken. Um, In there's so 40 country or 40 chapters in 18 countries, excuse me. And the organization has over 18 or <laughs> I can't read. Okay. There are more than 40 women in film chapters in 18 countries and the organization has over 10,000 members. So, um, and I think many would agree that her work is still necessary. Yeah,
0: today. Definitely
1: today. And in fact, if you go to the women in film, um, website now they they have stats about women's representations and various aspects of entertainment front and center on like on the front page of their website they have like graphs and charts and stats so they have stayed true to their origins of blowing the whistle on this bullshit um which I think is super cool. So um, Tichy did a lot of other things too, including creating awards for advertising and marketing. Yeah, yeah. And the film industry and funding scholarships for film students and for the Hollywood Women's Press Club. She was big into philanthropy. And a lot of what she was promoting, um, excuse me, a lot of who she was promoting were women and creative people who would not otherwise have access to the work, um, of the film industry. So she's interesting to me, um, both as someone in publishing. So she also, this is kind of cool. She pioneered the special issue phenomenon. So in publishing, like devoting a whole issue to a particular theme, uh, that was her and she was just very creative and she made shit happen. Um, she also has a Hollywood star on the, is it, is it called the Walk of Fame? Yes. Yeah, I she's... was
0: trying to go when I was there recently and I didn't make
1: Oh, no. It. Well, if you go, I mean, you'll go. But um, look for Titchy because she's there. And I don't really know much about her politics. So hopefully she wasn't terrible. But, you know, she might have been a woman every time. However, all of this other stuff I, about her life, I thought was very interesting. Um, and women in film is, you know, the legacy lives on. It's still a big deal. Um, it's still needed and necessary. So um, Titchy... Wilkerson Castle, welcome to the Hot Dog Hall of Fame. Woo!
0: Welcome. Welcome. All right. Would you like me to step into mine? I would. So, mine is actually someone that I met in person yesterday. Or, Ooh. Yeah. Um, but I've been kind of, you know, following her for probably a little over a year now. Um, And it's actually one related to media and also related to my club. So, um, her name is Netta Dobbins. She um is in advertising marketing. She started off in PR. And when she started off in PR, she was from Nashville, moved to New York. She's worked with like clients like Clive Davis, Sony Legs, the artist, sports illustrated swimsuit, PBS. I mean, she's worked with like some high rolling companies. Uh, I haven't not heard of any of those. And she's like probably in her mid twenties. Okay, so
1: speaking of <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to live to be 150. Yes,
0: we all are at this race. So first of all, I'm like super impressed that she's done all of these things. And so she was actually our speaker at our um, club lunch yesterday. And just being in her presence was just amazing to me like so one of the reasons why i really besides the part you know the things that she's done so far in a very short amount of time she co-founded this um group called mem connect which is minorities and media connect because she felt a lack of people of like look like her in the room in companies where she was when she was working at this big pr firm in new york she said she was literally the only person of the color that was there in her area that she was. And so, you know, she's, she was like, I need to create a safe space where people can talk. Can people can share job opportunities that people can help give advice to other people trying to, you know, rise up into leadership positions. And so she co-founded this, um, this group. It's actually a Slack channel. So it's open to anyone. Anyone can be in the Slack channel um, if you know what Slack is. So she this group I found it maybe a little over a year ago um a friend of mine told me about it I joined it and I was like oh this is fun like just I wasn't looking for a job but I just like to you know hear what people are talking about or one of the coolest things that happened a few weeks ago uh or not has been a few weeks at this point so Nipsey Hussle, oh, The yeah. who died um the next day um they have just the uh they have different channels for different topics like you know advertising marketing whatever but they have just the open group chat and so one of the co-founders the other co-founder she this group chat is usually open to any and everything. And so one of the things they did was like the next day, they were like, I want to make this a space for, I know a lot of people of color are struggling over this death right now. And let's all have a place to just kind of talk about our thoughts. And it kind of turned in almost into a heated conversation because people were like, you know, obviously very upset because he had done a lot of things for his community. But then there was a conversation of he wasn't always intersectional about his stuff that he wanted to do. Right. Mm -hmm he Mm -hmm. he wasn't like very supportive of the lgbt community um but i don't think it's because he just i'm not making excuses for him i don't think it's because he hated it i think he just didn't it never had to influence his life and he never like you know never was exposed to it and never had to care Mm. and so people it came this heated conversation because people were just like hey, we need to celebrate the person. But then at the same time, people were like, well, no, we need to make sure we also talk about the fact that he wasn't perfect. And these are things that he didn't agree with that is hurting other people of our community who are Mm -hmm. intersectional, right? So uh, that's the kind of space that this group is, right? It's more than just finding jobs, connecting for jobs. Like it creates the space for people. And because they were saying, like, I know a lot of you are probably at a company that you're the only Black person and you're probably the only person who cares about this death today wow right and I was just like this group is so amazing and so when I was looking for a speaker I just put in the group chat and I was like hey anybody you know speaking about advertising industry would like to come down to Montgomery and she direct messaged me and was like hey I would love to come down and she kind of gave me a list of topics and she came down she absolutely nailed it and in turn turned one of our lunches into having we've created a space that it seems like I'm glad that people can have open conversations about diversity. Mm-hmm. And it turned into, you know, when she did through a presentation and she asked for questions, you know, one per, uh, person stood up and was just kind of like, help me. He was a white male and just like, Hey, how can I hire more diversely? What can I do? Like any advice that you had, like, because that would have never happened a few years ago yeah but i feel like we have created as a club have created the space that people can have but i was really grateful she was there because she had all the like she was hitting it with all the answers well and it's so great that it happened in that
1: setting where it's actually like this is this is an appropriate place to ask those questions because it's a professional development Mm -hmm. setting where you're there to learn and ask questions as opposed to you know i think sometimes you get questions like that you know you were saying like oh i'm the black friend Mm -hmm. and it's like oh you really like i'm just sitting next to you at a bar dude like you want me to like do this for you you know like (laughs) at least it's nice that like that came up in in the right place in the right place with the right
0: person with the right person and she absolutely nailed it and like she was given you know just giving great advice and i was just like blown away by this person that i was like i literally just met you like two hours before you came here and we just been chatting through email up until that point but i've been you know kind of admiring from afar through the group mm-hmm. and they just did a spot on um in for black history month on bet for bet had a rising star award and they were awarded for this group that cr- they created and they just had they had a spot on bet where you can go online look it up google it but it's great and i was just like you know what these people are killing it they're doing exactly what it is they should be doing and i'm here for it mm-hmm. so um Good for her. Tell me her name again. Netta Dobbins.
1: Netta, welcome. You're awesome. You're an inspiration. Thank you. (laughs) All right, everyone. That brings us to a close. Oh no. I know. What did you say earlier? What what did you whisper when we were testing? Is this over? Is it over? It's over. Christina. I don't like it. I know. Now that it's over, you're sad, aren't you? I am sad. Well, don't worry. You're coming back for season three. <laughs> I'll tell you everything you need to watch. <laughs> okay. Keep that list. Then we'll talk about Buffy again. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um all right, listeners, thanks for being here. I'm so happy Feminist Hot Dog is back on the air on Noco FM. Don't forget to also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And sign up for the Feminist Hot Dog newsletter so you can stay up on all the latest hot dog news. Our music is by Ava Luna and Loyalty Freak Music, and our audio editing is by Square Lightning Design. Thanks for listening, everyone. Love yourself. Love your buns. Goodbye.